Well, welcome to Mission View Church. Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, kids, are you ready for tomorrow morning? Anybody excited for tomorrow? Kids? Yeah, all right. Hopefully there's not coal in your stocking at home. Hopefully you've been a good boy, good little girls. All right. Well, um, my name is Matt Halp. I'm the lead pastor here at Mission View Church. If this is your first time here with us, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we've been in a sermon series called Be Still. And really uh, what we wanted to try and, and look at and, and wrap our minds around is the, the implications that come along with uh, Christ coming, Emmanuel God with us, that, that God put on flesh, he became a man, and, and there's so many things, so many life-changing things about that, and so for the last four weeks or so, we've been looking into God's word and talking about what those things are. One of the first things that, that we recognized and that we, we saw is that when Christ came, he brought with him a hope that was beyond any other hope humanity had ever seen. This hope was a hope of eternal life. It was, it was a hope of, of, of defeating sin and death. It was, it was a hope that, that was amazing and, and life-changing. And then the next week we looked and we, we saw that when Jesus came, what he did, the amazing thing he did is, is he modeled love for us. And it wasn't this like, Disney, you know, rom-com type of uh, fake, weak, you know, flighty love. It, it was this, this lasting love. It, it was a self-sacrificing love. It was, it was something that we had never seen before. It was, it was a love so powerful that, that God would leave heaven, that, that God would put on flesh, that that he would, he would leave the paradise that, that you and I are longing for. And he would walk out of that for you and for me. We saw John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God gave. God loved and God gave. That sacrificial, selfless love that was given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Just amazing stuff, right? And then the third week we looked at what Jesus brought, he brought joy. But this wasn't, this wasn't joy like anything we had seen before. It wasn't, it wasn't like that search for happiness. It wasn't like a new car. It wasn't, it wasn't like a new house. It wasn't, it wasn't like security in our bank account or the joy that we have on you know, a, a holiday or whatever it may be. This was, this was life-changing joy. It, it, it was a joy that we found that, that, that was... It didn't even matter what our circumstances were. It was joy in spite of our circumstances because the one who was with us in all circumstances. A joy that only God could give us. Amazing stuff. And then last week, this past Sunday, we talked about peace. That when Christ came, he brought peace with him. But this was no normal peace. It was a peace that surpasses understanding. It was peace with God. And we talked about, as, as Christ came and brought that kind of peace, peace with God, if, if we had to find peace with God, then what did we have with God before we had peace? We had dissonance. We had friction. There was a brokenness in that relationship. And because Christ came, he brought peace with God. But not only that, we found out that that we have peace of mind, that 
God became man and he made a way for you and me to be in right relationship with God, our father, our creator. That from the very beginning of time that in the garden where Adam and Eve sinned against God and humanity had that broken relationship that that God had a plan and, and that plan was to send his son and do something that none of us could do. To live a perfect life and then, then die a sinner's death. Something that, that we couldn't do. And then rise from the dead three days later. What an amazing thing. Peace with God. And now we have peace of mind because we have peace with God. The one who's in control of all things. He's not surprised by anything. We said that he doesn't, he doesn't just see things happen. He orchestrates things. This is a sovereign, powerful God. He's, he knows all things. He's above all things. He stands outside of time, knowing the beginning and the end. And because of that, we can have peace of mind. Tonight, we come together to celebrate Christ. Christ's coming. We have joy and peace and love. And hope because Jesus, the Son of God, came for you and me. And that's what we're going to focus on in just the next few minutes. Let's pray before we jump into these things. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son. We thank you that, that when Jesus came, he brought with him hope beyond hope, love beyond love. Joy beyond joy and peace beyond peace. Things so amazing that we are just so thankful for. So tonight, Father, I pray as we look into your word and as we've sang these songs and, and watched some of these skits and, and different things, Father, I pray that you would move on our hearts. You would reveal yourself to us even more. Grow us and change us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And for 2,000 years or so, Christians around the world have remembered and given thanks for Jesus' coming. Tonight, we remember that God sent his only son to bridge that chasm sin had created between creator and creation. Jesus came and he exemplified righteousness, perfection, justice, humility, servanthood, and love. And, and God, just by his very existence as divinity, this God has set a standard, a requirement of perfection and a righteousness. Humanity had fallen into sin, separating us from our loving Father, our righteous King, and our just Judge. There was a price that had to be paid. If God is truly just, then justice has to be served when sin entered into the world. God paid that price through Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, our Savior, stood in our place, took our sin, and as a substitute in our place. That's what Jesus did. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We looked at an amazing definition of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you have time, I'd encourage you to read that. But what we found is that it wasn't just a definition of love, but it was actually the definition of a person. It was the definition of Jesus Christ. We, we are probably all pretty familiar with that. Even if you're not really, you know, go to church very often, if you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard that scripture quoted. Love is patient, love is kind, and it goes on and on. 
we found that that was a description, not just a definition. It was a description of a person. Amazing thing that we have in Christ. God wants to have a relationship with you. It's that time of year where we come together and we talk about these kinds of things. But the really most important thing that I can tell you tonight, the most important thing, the, the, the one thing we want you to hear from this service that we've tried to put together artistically to create, you know, to communicate these truths is this, is that your creator wants to have a relationship with you. He's not just some distant deity up in the sky that is disconnected from humanity and from your life. He's a real God who, who lived a real life as the person Jesus Christ. And in so doing, when he did that, he walked through the struggles that humanity have. He was tempted. He was betrayed. He suffered. You know, as we read, heard in the story that Chad was reading, he was a carpenter. Can you imagine the creator of the universe with a splinter in his finger? Or maybe hitting his finger with a hammer. Guys, we know what that's like. But ladies, if you've you know, tried to hammer in a nail, that black fingernail afterwards. Can you imagine that, the creator of the universe with a splinter in his finger? This, this God that became man for you and me, we find such great comfort in knowing that, that he actually put on flesh and he, he lived a human life. Truly God, truly man, the same time, this mystery, this amazing thing. But when we go through hard times, like a pandemic, or maybe a sickness or illness, or the loss of a loved one, we know that when we pray to God and we go to him, that he lived a life, that, that he suffered loss, that the Bible actually tells us that Jesus wept when Lazarus passed away, even though he fully knew he would raise him from the dead. The suffering that he knew was happening caused Christ to weep. That God, man, Jesus Christ, came and died for your sins. We're not just celebrating the birth of Jesus. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior who loves you, who cares about you, who left heaven for you, who hung on the cross for you, died, and then three days later rose from the dead for your sin. The Bible makes it really clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. And that's why God sent his son Jesus for you and me. So we can, we can wake up tomorrow morning and we can open gifts and maybe have a great breakfast and time with our families, which is wonderful. That's great things. But what we can't forget and what we, we must remember is that tonight, tomorrow morning, this Christmas celebration, this Advent, this arrival is a celebration of your creator that loves you, that sent his son to die for you. Jesus was no ordinary man. He was our creator, come down in the flesh, specifically to, to make a way for us to be in relationship with our God. That's what 
God wants with you. Maybe you're here tonight, you know, as we've been talking about this stuff, we've been talking about hope and love, joy and peace. Maybe you're here tonight and you need hope. Is hope what you need most of all right now? Maybe you're watching online and it's love. Maybe it's love that you need. Not some fake, weed or weak or flighty love like I talked about earlier, but, but real, lasting, selfless love. Maybe that's what you're looking for. Is it joy? Is it joy in this pandemic? Maybe you've been isolated. Maybe you're sitting at home even now feeling that, that pain of isolation. Is it joy that you're searching for this Advent season? Or maybe it's peace. Peace in a pandemic. Peace that surpasses understanding. I want you to know that tonight is your night. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your hope in Christ Jesus. He made a way for you. And there's, there's, there's not some magic word that you have to say or even some magic prayer that you need to pray. It is as simple as putting your trust in the work of Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do. Hear me on this. There is nothing you can do that will make God love you more than he loves you right now. Nothing. I, I talk to people about Jesus quite a bit. And one of, the, one of the, the main things I hear people say to me is this. Well, pastor, you know what? I'll, I'll come to church once I get my life cleaned up a little bit. I just, I just got to get my life cleaned up a little bit, then I'll come to church. That's, that's not how it works. The, the problem is we can't get our lives cleaned up on our own. We need help. And Jesus is that help. It's simply putting your trust in what Christ has accomplished for you and me. He lived that perfect life. And he paid the price for everything that we've done. And his life and blood that was shed on the cross for you and me, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've strayed. The death of Christ on the cross is greater than any sin you've ever committed. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin and trust in him. If you're looking for hope, if you're looking for peace and joy and love, ultimate, ultimate things, those ultimate things can only be found in Jesus Christ. Trust in him today. He loves you. And he showed that love when he gave his life for you and me. Let's read that story real quick. In Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths 
and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the inn. The first thing, uh, I almost stopped there before we read the rest of the story. It's, it's mind-boggling to me that our creator would come into this world as a baby. That he would come into this world as a baby and in, in a manger. It was actually a trough where animals would eat from. Think about that for just a second. I mean, this was God. He could have, you know, just reserved an entire hotel if he wanted to, maybe an entire town if he wanted to. But no, he was born and placed in a trough, a manger. Christ's birth was an example of humility. He says later on in his ministry, Jesus says, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. Jesus exemplified servanthood and humility. And it's just amazing to me as we read this story that his story starts that way. In verse 8, let's pick it up. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The second thing I want to point out about this story, I'll stop right there, is this, is that Christ's birth caused heaven to worship. Christ's birth caused heaven to worship. We have reason to join in with heaven and sing along, celebrate what God has done in Christ. Glory to God in the highest. I love how it says suddenly. Suddenly a multitude of angels singing and praising God. What a sight that must have been, right? They, must, they were obviously shaking in their boots, right? Because they was like, chill out, man. <laughs> we're here, we got good news. You can calm down. This is really good. They've got some really good news for you. Here's what we need to know is that our Christmas day should be filled with worship, filled with gratitude and thankfulness because Christ has come. Not just because we have gifts, not because we have food, not because we have retirement accounts and friends and laughter and all of that. All of those things are good, but that's not why we worship on Christmas. Jesus is enough to invoke our worship. He is all we need for hope, love, joy, and peace. These other blessings that we have are great, but not necessary. Jesus is all we need. We worship not because of our circumstances, but because Jesus is with us in our circumstances. All right, let's pick it up in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The last thing I want to kind of point out in this story of Christ's birth is this, is that Christ's birth is our reason to worship. We need nothing else, no one else. Our hope, love, joy, and peace are found in Christ. Verse 16, it said, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph in the Bible laying in a manger. They went with haste when they heard about Jesus. When they heard the good news about Jesus, they didn't just lollygag around. They ran to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is here for you today. Jesus is here for you today. Make haste. Don't wait. Don't wait until you get your life together. Only Jesus can put your life together Don't wait, do it now. Trust in God for your salvation, for your eternity. You were created for so much more. That's why Jesus came. Surrender your life to him. Let this be a Christmas of worship, full of worship, thanksgiving, joy, and of salvation. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word And as we've read tonight, the story of your son's birth, I pray for those people that are listening that maybe haven't put their trust in you yet, Father. I pray that you would move on their hearts, that you would call them unto yourself, that you would call out their destiny, Father, that you have a purpose for them and for their life. Father, I pray that you would call them out in Jesus' name, that they would put their trust in you, that they would surrender their rights and their will to your will, Father. We thank you for your son who has made a way for us. And we thank you that that when we stand before you, our judge, that you won't look at our resume. You will look at your son's resume. And you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. It's that kind of trust, Father, that we, we are thankful for. We surrender to you, and we thank you for your son and his birth. In Jesus' name, amen.